welcome to Tell the Damn Story, the podcast that celebrates the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully along the way, helps you decide how you want to tell your damn story. Today, we're going to speak about holiday movies, but first, we got to find out who is talking. Yeah, well, who is talking this time? First of all, there is the singular sensation, the devotee of Dante, the history of uh, historian of homicide, the <laughs> reporter with the scoop, the inspector detector, mythological master, the high school herder, the bro from the city of woe, your kin from the city of sin, and a genius at your high school, and the guardian of the goddess, me. That's right. All right. That little and, old yes. Little author me. Yeah, go ahead, yes, Chris. Yes, yes, but that's not enough, ladies and gentlemen. No one, no one would stay here if it was just me. We need to bring out the big guns, the legendary comic book scribing, iconic teenage detective writing, great underused character developing, and globe-trotting creator of the world-renowned Blackjack, the African-American soldier of fortune, set in the 1930s, whose adventures reflect today's problems. This is, of course, the one, the only, the iconic, the legendary, Alex Simmons. Hello, Alex. Thank you very much. Hey, hey, hi, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, but, you know, I think we're going to have to start paying uh, the fan, uh, uh, Maureen, Maureen, for writing that, that, portion, that, that segment there. We're going to start giving her residuals, man. You know, and I and I I don't talk like talking about myself in those frames, but she wrote such a fun thing <laughs> yeah. that I I feel I would I would feel really bad moving away from it. So Maureen, it's all your fault. <laughs> yeah, so copyright that bad boy, girl. That's right. Uh, yeah, well, look, Nickel, you know, every episode. The way you speak of me, no one's ever heard me talk of me like that. That's not happening. So it, you know, I hear you. I totally hear you. I totally feel. You. We've got a show for you this this day, this day. Yes, uh, and let's it's talk jam, about let's, jam pack. Yes, very quickly, let's catch jam people pack. up on what we've been doing. What happened? Actually, been doing? this week this I've week? been doing a lot of what you hear me doing here, which but is what we're somewhere else. Yes. Uh, next week, um, uh, Pulp Fest. Uh, their Facebook page is going to uh, publish um, a story that I wrote mm -hmm. on um, what was his name? Um, ah, Alex <laughs> Simmons. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that guy. A lot of fun. We we go into uh, Alex Simmons's pulp roots, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so remember, pulp, pulp fest on Facebook. It would be right. worth it to. Um, uh, follow Pulp Fest because they have a lot of fun stuff. If you like oh, yeah. some of the old stuff, uh, some of the roots of Alex Simmons. Um, why, why are you going to say old and my roots all in the same sentence? What is wrong with <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, get me over here. I'll yeah. smack you with my dentures. Um, yeah. They do a lot of great uh, pulp error um, art and then articles like this and that kind of stuff. And um, it's kind of becoming a cool little like Facebook style magazine. So, um, and of course, uh, it all leads up to the Pulp Fest. Uh, I guess you could call it a convention, um, yeah. but it's just like a celebration of all things pulp, modern and, and old. I, I think I feel the That's, need to jump in there quickly and say that you're right that the pulp celebrates the pulp of the the noir period in the 30s, 40s, and all that. 
But also, there's a lot of new pulp that you talk yeah, they, about. They celebrate and, that as well. And, well, and not, you're, not you're a good example. stuff, right? It, well, it's, it's, it's both. They're, they're, going yeah. to, they're becoming both and um, mm-hmm. and have been for a while. And um, the convention, which, again, we're hoping to see happen again you know, in the upcoming year. Um, it's tables and tables of great old stuff and great brand new stuff and 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 uh, new writers and and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I remember being there. I was the last time I was there. I was there for um, five minutes setting up my table with the blackjack stuff and my own writing. And, uh, mm-hmm. and someone came over from the Tarzan table, the uh, Edgar oh. Rice Burroughs table, and said, "Is Alex Simmons here?" <laughs> right away, want to talk about Alex Simmons. They're not even like, hi, Chris Ryan. Grad, you're here. No, is Alex Simmons here? And uh, they wanted to talk about, you know, um, the strips that you did for Tarzan, which you mentioned I, in the article. That's, not, that's, that's a vicious rumor. Oh, oh, the comic yes. strips. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, there you go. So, so uh, keep a lookout for that because you can read about Alex Simmons by yeah. an unbiased, <laughs> completely <laughs> objective writer. <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh, speaking of Alex Simmons, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a rumor. About, let's talk about me. Yeah. There's, there's a rumor that you got uh, some kind of Black Panther stuff coming out. What's up? Well, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that. Funny, funny. Uh, and not a, and not planned at all. No, not no. <laughs> it just sort of happened like that. It's no, okay. uh, well, yeah. I I've been literally, and I, I I hate how this sounds, but I've been sitting on this news. For, for months, but very quickly, I was approached by a wonderful writer-editor uh, by the name of Jesse uh, Holland, um, August of 2019, when I was in Atlanta at a con, and he said that they were, uh, he and Marvel were putting together an anthology of prose writing, you know, stories without illustrations, uh, about the Black Panther, and, and he invited me, this is when I dropped to my knees, he invited me to write a piece for it, and I was just very excited about it. And then it was a period of, you know, getting it all together, lining up all the other, uh, you know, paperwork and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, myself and 17 other writers, and I, really, what a cast of writers! Jeez, uh, we all submitted various short stories. In, I can't talk about what. <laughs> we all submitted various short stories, and that were, you know, accepted and edited and all that great stuff. And so the the anthology. Black Panther, um, uh, Tales of Wakanda is coming out in uh, February. This coming February. February. You know, so you give us a hint. Can you give us a hint? No, I, you know, uh, I can or tell what, you it's in a what book. What happens if you give it's us a, a book, hint? Beautiful colors and a great illustration. It's called no, Black. Talk about the story, bro. <laughs> give us a little taste of the story, bro. Yeah, no, see, you can't do that, see, because why not? Marvel won't let us see because they got my dog, and they say if I say anything, that's it. Bow Wow's gone. So, so all I can do is I can tell you that you can pre-order the book now, literally on Amazon and a couple of other sources. As a matter of fact, um, everybody, listen up. Uh, I will drop links for you to do that onto uh, the Tell the Damn Story Facebook page, and you can pre-order the book and make sure that you're ready for it. You know, because when that sucker comes out, and I understand the order is already going in, which is great. Cool. But when that sucker comes out, uh, 18 of us will be screaming with great excitement and happiness and signing anything that you place in front of us because we will be so happy about it. All right. So it's uh, 
uh, pre-order on Amazon and wherever books are sold, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, what is the name of the book again? Black Panther, Tales of Wakanda. And that is the sum total of what Marvel will let you say. That's pretty <laughs> much it, other it's than the, I can say there's 18, since 18 of us have written stories for this piece, and you will love 100 of them, 100% of them, I'm true. sure. That's great. That's great. Um, I want to get back to the uh, Marvel in a minute, but um, there was some sad news this week. Yes. Yes. And you wanted to talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I had this eclectic childhood and teen years and growing up years. There was a lot of different types of music and stuff that I was exposed to that I loved, you know, pop and rock and soul and, and R&B and all that. I also had a little bit of country. And one of the country singers that I actually remember was uh, a brother by the name of Charlie Pride. And he passed uh, due to COVID, unfortunately, at the age of 86, I believe it is, just passed recently. So I just want to say, Charlie, thank you for everything you accomplished. He was the first black celebrity country western singer. Uh, and, you know, that means that he had to go through some stuff. Uh, but obviously he was talented enough to go through it, and he and he he had quite a career. And I just you know once again thank you for your accomplishments and the art that you shared with us. Well, that's it's it's sad that uh, when anyone passes, but we're starting to know. Hey, and year the end of the year, you you, you tend to start hearing. Yep. Who's passed? You know, and um, and then who has passed with complications due to COVID? You know, we mm-hmm. pride. Uh, last week we talked about David Prowse, and yep. um, you know you're going to see these lists of all these different areas where people came out uh, and they passed. And that's because we've been so focused on all the other stuff. I missed a bunch of them, and uh, in in researching the Charlie Pride thing with you, I realized that uh, we had lost uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. We lost. Yep. Um, Mac Davis and uh, from just from country and and there's many many you know so we just give a moment of uh, respect and thanks for all that they've done um, you know yeah you know, all that they added to our lives during their time here you know yeah. and you know to, to paraphrase Alex Simmons in the upcoming Pulp Fest article there are a lot of people who are putting themselves online and paying the ultimate price and not getting the respect they deserve and not getting uh, um, recognized as uh, being the American heroes that they are. So we we recognize them now for a second, and you know we thank you. Yep, <clears throat> absolutely. Now we're going to go a little lighter and a whole different kind of thanks. Yes, that yes, we are. Sports. I know it's you know big monster companies and all that sort of stuff, but. <laughs> in COVID, we have become thankful for some of those big companies. And this week, we find ourselves thankful for Disney, uh, Disney slash Marvel slash Star Wars. Uh, slash. <laughs> slash a ton of other things. Because at their convention this year, or whatever it was, this their business report, these guys announced... 52 new projects, 52, some yeah, of which yeah. we've known, right? This week we've seen Hawkeye um, and Kate Bishop pictures all over. They're, they're shooting in New York, and, you know, there's, there's 
click, click. Well, and all of a sudden it's there. Well, yeah, it's, it's easier to shoot in New York because there's not a lot of people on this. Yeah, yeah, right it's, now. yeah it's easier this right now than it has been in the past and probably more affordable because, you know. Yeah, please, but, give us some money. <clears throat> um, there are a ton of things happening. Um, I don't want to go through all of them, but like we said, 52 properties, but uh, some surprising things. Um, Star Wars is going to be two new Star Wars movies. Yep. One is Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins, she of the Wonder Woman uh, mm-hmm. franchise. Which so, very interesting because I enjoy uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I like her work. Um, and then there's an unnamed Star Wars project that's going to be directed by Taiki Watiti. That's enough for me yeah. to put yeah. down money for the ticket right now. Right? <laughs> uh, ton of Disney Plus Star Wars content coming out. Um, oh, there's about, there's about 10 different shows, but I thought we would play a game and this is where I want to go to the first one. Thought we would play a game. And what we're going to do is I'm going to throw a title out of a new project and I'm going to say, what would you do with it for Alex? If he was in charge of it, what would you do? Right? So the first one comes up under Star Wars. And you can do two for me, right? Okay. So the first one, then I would say, hey, Alex. Yes, 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 Chris. If you were in charge of this uh, TV series for Disney Plus, what would you do with Lando? <laughs> the Lando Calrissian. <laughs> what would you do with the Lando? Well, that depends on which attitude I had at the time. Um, for those of you don't, who know, you, everyone must know who Lando Calrissian is. It was originally not by, get off this show now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was originally played by Billy D. Williams, and we remember the wonderful Star Wars movie in which the the Cloud City and there was Lando, the black man in the Cloud City, apparently at that time. Um, so, as I said, depending on my attitude at the time, Disney was putting money into my bank account. I think one of the things, I'm sorry, I would have to do this, is where are all the other black people? Uh, it's just, I would, I, would have, I would have Lando, you know, be the key point in a story that would say, you know, what happened? You know, and, and it depends, again, you know, it's Disney, it's a family show. Uh, you know, there would, there would be probably some restrictions in terms of the, the, the rawness or the, the edginess of the story. Right. But I would I would definitely address that because it was, well, I, was prominent. Yeah, I think you could you know you could do what uh, what Kirby did with the Black Panther and you know well I have to put the whole mask on him then I will create all of Wakanda, right? Well, Calrissian comes from a planet. I will that, tell you this. I will you tell know? you this because we we never fully. I don't think you know. And please, everybody who's a major Star Wars fanatic can probably correct me on this. And please do, send in the information. But um, Star Wars, to my knowledge, and, and, and all of the Star Wars movies that I've seen, and I haven't seen all of them, no planet was ever actually identified as Earth. Right. So ultimately, we don't know where this huge story is taking place, this legacy is taking place. I have uh, a sci-fi series that I created a long time ago, and I won't go into all the details now, but it deals with it deals with Earth and the African American or the African or people of color uh, uh, colonization and and what happens in the future with that and all of that. So I would probably pull 
a, a segment from my my concept and plug it right into this, and there would be an adventure for Orlando to 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 explore, express, uh, discover, uh, change, alter, defend whatever it was that happened to all of those folk. Uh, and I think it you know because it's also science fiction, the beauty of it is you can explore not only those of us who are of this sort of you know Caribbean or African based darker hue. But it could, you know, you, you sort of open it up to also involve other life forms and things that were affected in a similar way. Sure. So that would be one of the things I would explore with that. Um, I, not that it, it's not that I'm climbing on, but I'm going to glom on a little bit. He's going to do it anyway. <laughs> That's right. I would write 50 or 75 bookends. One, one or two lines, right? And I would get Billy D to write bookends, beginning and ending, right, of this episode. You know, the kind I remember the time. Or, ah, so you want, you want to know about the, the so, so, so situation or the, you know, and just name these things. Old were, Lando telling the tale, huh? And I, that's yeah. what I would do. And you could have him, beginning and end, and he goes, that's the way that happened. That's the name of that tune, to quote Robert Blake. Yes. You can believe it or don't. It's okay with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or at yeah. least that's the way the story goes. Just lines like that yeah. and make him the Stan Lee in his own series. That's what I would do. All right. Um, now, uh, I promised you that you could pitch or you could throw two to me. Yeah. Do you want me to do my second one while you're yeah, looking your at the second one? Then, right. then I'll come out of my my corner. Out of the fifty-two, yeah. out of the fifty-two different properties that they are doing projects on now, uh, the one that I sort of said, "Wow, I really want to know Alex's um, take on this." And let me just make sure I know what kind of uh I want you to know folks that he sprang this on me this morning as we were you know preparing for the show. So there there was no oh let me do some research. No, right? no, no. That's no this this is the best just, part because Alex yeah. is just gonna come from just from whatever hits him. Okay, so this is gonna be a Disney television. Okay. For Disney Plus, right? Right. What would you do, Alex? If they gave you I'm I'm guessing this would be in all ages Okay. And you've done a ton of that stuff. If they gave you the reboot of Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, geez. What would I do with that? Oh, wow. Disney Family Show, Swiss Family Robinson. There's so many variations on that. Let me just see if I can dig into my own... Little world of, you know, right off the top of my head, right off the top of my head, it's a family show. But um, as I recall, the original movie, the original Disney movie, and then I think about Lost in Space and about a couple of other shows that seem to be thematically right, right. in space or wherever. Um one of the things I, I feel like I would do is place the parents in a minor role and in jeopardy. 
And it's, it's the kids who have to build on the survival potential and find not only the parents, maybe rescue the parents, maybe that's part of the quest, but also they would, I would put them in a situation where they would discover a, sort of like a new world. It's almost like journey to the center of the earth kind of thing. But on this island or on this planet, I'm not sure which, which way I would go with it. Mm-hmm. But I would want the kids to really, it's, it's, a, it's a journey of discovery, of finding out how they fit in, about survival, about working together, about facing new, uh, new, new, new challenges and new threats. And, and really, you know, coming of age in certain ways. I, I think that's what I would want to do with this. And, again, I know it's a family show, but it would be more kid. It would be more on the kids, and I think there would at least be some older teens involved. Maybe it's like, you know, four kids or five kids, and, and they're a slightly different age range, but two at least would be in that older realm. Uh, and I might even have, ooh, here you go, uh, one of the kids at least – is 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 uh, foster or um, not not maybe maybe it's uh, from a previous marriage. So uh, it's, it's a it's a blended family of some sort. Yeah, you inspire me all the time. Uh oh, what, what you have to say, and I'm here's here's what you're inspiring from what you're saying. Opening on an airplane. In flames going down. It crashes. And the people who emerge from that will become the Swiss family Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, a teenage, maybe a 17 year old girl, 17 or 18 year old boy, or something like that, uh, 14 year old, 10, 8, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're the only survivors. You know, the adults didn't survive. Maybe, maybe one did who's going to be the, um, you know, uh, the, the villain of the island or something like that, if we're going to keep it on an island, you know. Um, and the other thing I, I was thinking about, if, you, if they wanted to keep it as a um, family, uh, a family unit, mm-hmm. uh, they don't get stranded on an island. They get stranded in some kind of whatever the experimental module is that that becomes unstuck in time, and they wind up in different times and different dimensions. Mm. You know that tests the family bounds or something like that. And that's just from sitting here listening, to Alex Simmons, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, now I have another one in my pocket, but I only said two. So that's right, and it's my you, turn. It's my Go turn. ahead. All right. So, so, so from what I know of Chris um, and some of the things that you've tackled over the years, uh, I have a curiosity, and I'm going to spin the wheel. I spin the wheel the first time just to come up with, because like you said, there's 52. So this first one, I, I looked at and went, okay, yeah, what would he do with that? So I would say, what would you do with I am Groot? I am Groot. Um, I would make it a kid's show, um, probably animated, or or whatever he is, CGI. would. It'd probably be very expensive as a CGI, so it might be animated. Um, 
and it would be I am Groot's. Remember the comic book that Alex Ross did with, I forget who did the uh, writing of it. Might have been my hero. Um, called Marvels, where they retold the history of Marvel through the eyes of a reporter. I actually don't remember yeah, that. Alex Ross painted every panel. Wow. Uh, I forget the writer, but uh, you would laugh because you know my... <laughs> I I can hold a grudge now and then. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy. I think it's that guy. Okay. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it retold all from this reporter's eye. Um, I think I might be tempted to retell parts of the Marvel Universe or the Guardians or whatever purely from Groot's point of view. That might be fun. Mm. You know, uh, his take on the danger, his take, you know. Um, does I'd be interested to find out, you know, we'd have to have an a talk in the writer's room. Does Groot remember his previous incarnations? Mm. Is that part of his memory? But he doesn't talk about it. You know, he's the kid Groot. But um, it would be interesting to see where that went, you know. Yeah. Um, And you could just go on adventures with the other cast members. He Um, He only speaks three words. So the question is also, does he think that way as well? Or he only has three words as a language? Uh, the impression that has been established from uh, Rocket is that he speaks in only those three words. But how Rocket does he speak? Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and in a TV show, I don't know if... Uh, because you would still have to vocalize his thoughts, which would violate the I Am group. So I think it would be... It would be fun to do it from his perspective... You know, what does he hear? Maybe he don't. Maybe he doesn't hear them. You know how the the, the peanuts always heard the teachers is yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Right, exactly. He may, yeah, yeah. He may not. You could really go a lot of different ways. So that's what I would do with that. Okay. So so um, <clears throat> this next one isn't um. It's my 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 third choice, but it, it actually I'm switching it to my second because I think it's a it's different enough from the Groot approach that I would go there with you. So, uh, and also because of something you've been saying about um, your work on City of Woe and changing characters and all that. She-Hulk. She-Hulk, very interesting. Um, I would, um, do you remember Boston Legal? Yeah, yes. William Shatner and the guy who's doing the blacklist who did Ultron. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, right. Right. I would do, uh, that would be the feel. It was, there was a smart comedy feel to it in a, wrapped in a legal drama, right? And then I would add, add the she hulk this, you know, um, and it would really, it would be a, before she became She-Hulk, she would have to be um, shortchanged or um, uh, sexualized 
or um, given short shrift on a case because she's a woman and she would have to fight that. So we establish that she's, you know, has a strong sense of who she is. And I think they have a black actress doing it. So we could, we could have that as well mm-hmm. to establish that this is someone who will very much demand that everybody gets treated as a human being. And then the She-Hulk happens. And it, it argues for human rights no matter what, you know? And then you can really play with the ridiculous um, prejudices and sexisms that uh, exist in the, and, and address it through her, you know, they, instead of saying um, she's a person of color, I mean, that, yeah, obviously that's yeah. really, yeah, that, that comes really close to being disrespectful to say that, you know, um, but they would say she's, you know, irradiated, right? So you get to, you get to uh, address how people treat other people, people of color. Um, I would, I would be, I would strongly consider making her um, a lesbian. Um, so we can address gay rights as well and um, just equal rights all around. And she would have to also fight the legal system to allow her to continue her legal practice, even though she has been affected in this way. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I find sort of fascinating about this, and, and I, I have not read uh, the She-Hulk all the She-Hulk stories, or a lot of the She-Hulk stories, I've, I've dropped in there here and there along her, her many years in the comics. But I, I find it fascinating, too, you know, some of the things you're talking about. What do you do? How does the world react, especially the chauvinistic aspects of the world? But how does the world react to a woman being that powerful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sure. Being and, that powerful. And we have to remember that... Um, while it was, I, in my opinion, and who cares what I say, but uh, it was misused. You know, John Byrne was, you know, did a lot of cheesecake stuff when he was on the run. Um, but I think some of the media would, because I think they're going to have, I think they've cast her with a very beautiful woman. And, she, you know, uh, if I was running the show, she wouldn't take any of that bullshit, you know. But then the question becomes, and it allows allows us to talk about how do you address prejudice in any of its form without becoming the monster of prejudice, right? And and the limitations, the the truly bullshit. Oops, sorry, I'm cursing on my own show. Um, (laughs) But the 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 limitations, like if she was frustrated in court. Just her hand pressed against the desk and the thumb made an imp cracked the wood. The judge would look at it. The, the jury would look at it. The other, you know, and uh, the other lawyer would call for that. Perhaps we need a recess, you know, as if she was going to lose her shit. So she'd 
I'm cursing a lot with your show. Sorry. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's getting passionate here, aren't you? Well, I mean, it, it's an opportunity to talk about how, you know, that old saying that you, you know, uh, you have to be twice as good yep. as a black person to get half as far as a white person would get, right? You can play with that in all of these fields. I don't mean to be flippant by saying play. I mean, as as a fertile ground for in substantive conversation, I think the She-Hulk has a lot of potential to talk about feminism, to talk about equal rights, to talk about gay rights, to talk about people of color rights, you know. But you have to start with her let's also as look, a person of color. Let's also look at, at – no, I, I agree with you that there's that, and there's also um, – the reality, because someone was talking to me about this just the other day, a, a woman in particular, that women, not all women, but you know, some women have been forced to deny their sexuality or their, their uh, sensuality mm-hmm. because of the concerns of how the world will see them or what the world will try to do to take advantage of them. Well, and once again, here's a person who, yeah, she could absolutely rule being sexualized. At the same point, if she suddenly felt, you know, alluring and whatever and wanted to go with that, what fool <laughs> would you think about it? Would step, well, I'm, all I'm just saying is I think that you can look at both of those arenas and, and that's, that's, again, more material to explore agree. That, that character. She and her significant other decide to have a date night. They dress up for each other and the paparazzi's all over. Mm-hmm. Or they go out on vacation, and they're going to go to the beach, and she wears swimwear, and it becomes fodder for all. Why? Why? Yeah. Right? But there, there's so much potential in a show like that. This is not just Hulk smash. We've seen that. Yes. Right? Now we can play with this Always other makes. stuff. I really <laughs> think it could be very poignant. Now, okay, that's us playing with 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 Disney's Fifty Two. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one more. Okay, and this is a we bonus have, we have round. Other we want to grab in here too. Okay, we'll do that. One more whip around, and then we're going to go in a more festive mode, yeah. right? Okay, so I can't resist. Harrison Ford is involved in another <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. I don't know if it's called Indiana Jones and the Search for Social Security, but Alex Simmons, what would you do? They hand you Indiana Jones. They tell you Harrison Ford is going to play Indiana Jones one more time. (laughs) What would you? Last time we saw him, if I remember correctly, it was during the Atomic Trials, right? Yeah, yeah, the 50s. Yeah, he wound up in a a refrigerator. well, yeah, you know, know, you know, a lot of people gave him a hard time, but that. I didn't really, I didn't mind that scene so much. Oh no, I didn't mind the refrigerator so much. It was, it was the the whole space aspect of it that bothered me. Um, I, I, you know, I have to say that this is this is a greater challenge than anything else you've ever thrown at me. Uh, Thank you, sir. In these games, because does tell the damn story. <laughs> my yeah, my love for that kind of thing, and you talked about my 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 affection for pulp. Uh, stories, bringing him into the 50s and the whole sci-fi aspect of that last film bothered me. 
because well, you could it, redeem, you could redeem. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, so I'm saying that was, <laughs> that was the thing. It was, you know, it was like, uh, uh, uh. so we, we, we met his son. Um, and there was that whole aspect. Certainly Harrison now is even older than that last film. So but, would you, would you still use that actor who was his son? He's been in a lot no. of trouble lately. No, no, I wouldn't, because he's the wrong age now <laughs> for what I would be doing. Ah, very interesting. You know, um, I feel like... So is Harrison Ford, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is, he is. Um, I feel like, you know, again, one can look at what what made Indiana Jones what he what he was for, for a lot of us was the fact that he was actually a very intelligent man, but he was a very curious man. There was a relationship he had with his father which was interesting. And his father was a little out there in his own way, played by Sean Connery. And, and so in this last film, when they're introduced to his, you know, Indy is still Indy. His son is intriguing. Uh, but I think there's something about Indy that's, there's, there's unfinished. There's this thing about this, there's, there's still mysteries to be unraveled. There's still worlds to be discovered. There are things, so many things to be answered. And I feel like, Against better judgment, if I'm using Harrison at the age he's at now, against better judgment, I would have him uncover some great mysterious threat, ancient threat, that everybody not only wants him to stay away from, but there's an active Illuminati, much like the Nazis in the first film, but this would be a more... um, global kind of money-hungry kind of thing as opposed to people in uniforms uh, that wants this. And he is warned to stay out of it, to stay away from it, but it threatens, it threatens not just civilization as we know, because, again, I can't, I can't keep it to only the Western world. It threatens a whole continent or it threatens... Uh, Millions of lives, and and the oh, and the threat, the, the 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 concept of releasing this threat in one particular region appeals to this this power uh, group that's going after it because it's people we don't need anyway, we don't care about, and in, once Indy realizes how big that threat is and how they intend to use it, even prior to maybe it escaping and being released on the world, whatever that thing is, he has to go. He has to go after it. And I think this would be one of those situations where he it would be a great opportunity to sort of revisit some of his old contacts and see where they are and pull in uh, a couple of young people, younger people, and a more international gathering to help him deal with this because it's a truly global threat. And his intelligence and his knowledge, as well as his tenacity, is what he brings to the table. But he's 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 not he's not thirty something anymore, right. and he's limited physically. But he's he's going to keep going anyway. He's going to take that beating, whatever it is, to stop this because someone has to. That's probably what I would do with him. So it would put him back in that realm of ancient worlds that I enjoyed so much. The unknown, which is part of the appeal of pulp and, and that feeling, is 
not like suddenly we know everything and we have to look to the stars now. We don't even know what's under the sea in half of this planet. So I would really turn him back to the Earth itself. Search for Atlantis or something like that? Excuse me? The search for Atlantis or something like that? I don't know that I'd go Atlantis, but there are a lot of unsolved mysteries. There's a lot of things that, you know, humankind has brushed over. And I would really start to have him look at that. And it would be part of the bigger puzzle that, again, as I said, threatens a global uh, global uh, survival. But in particular, as I said, some sort of testing would be done on either indigenous people or population or culture of people that the hierarchy, those who see themselves that way, feel are irrelevant. Let, um, he always works well when there's another archaeologist in competition with him. Mm-hmm. Let me picture one. She has better technology. Okay. And she hates him because he killed her dad. And that's how she sees it. And her dad had named her in honor of his father, Indiana. So that's what happened to the kid, the person who was his heir apparent or whatever he was, you know, uh, the kid who was in the fourth film. He did, there was a period of time where they went on adventures and he died in one of them. And he had this little girl who grew up hating the Dr. Jones, the Indiana Jones for killing that. Well, I mean, it was that was uh, that kid, that character, was he his actual son or was he just um, like a mentor mentee? I forget. Oh, I recall that's an actual blood kin. So, yes, this is his the blood grandpa. Yeah. Think about that. It's a possibility. See, now, ladies and gentlemen, you just got to witness one of the ways that Alex negates uh, editorial comment content that he's not thrilled with. It's never a no that sucks because he's too nice. It's a, that's a possibility. Now, let's talk about this next thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's called spitballing, and you throw yeah. you throw stuff back and forth, and you see what works. See what sticks to the wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. That one's that one bounced right off the wall. But okay, so uh, where do we want to go now? Well, I think what we we want to do is what we were talking about with uh, the holiday, the more festive aspects of our show. We had fun just now. Yep. Playing what if, pardon the pun, with Disney, Marvel, Star Wars stuff. Yep. Yep. But uh, what we really want to do is we want to reboot some holiday classics. Yeah. Yep. Holidays are coming up. Let's play. Yes. Okay. So I'm just going to quickly rattle off, uh, first off, uh, a short list, very short, not 52, even close, not even, <laughs> of, of what my peer group and some younger than me consider to be the typical Christmas holiday kind of films that we all remember, watch, chase, whatever. So we got The Grinch, right? We got A Christmas Carol, Frosty the Snowman, animated, Drummer Boy, another little animated piece, It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart, an O. Henry story, Gift of the Magi, that's always being mentioned, Charlie Brown Christmas, 
Miracle on 34th Street, which is definitely irrelevant for a lot of people because they've never heard of gimbals. So they have no idea what that means. Um, a Christmas Story, which is that cute one with uh, based on a Gene Shepard storyline, and that's become a Christmas favorite, Darren McGavin and all. Jingle Jangle, which is a new piece that's just popped up on Netflix, but a lot of people say it's been floating around behind the curtains for a number of years. Uh, has a black theme and more of a Santa Claus uh, shop, um, uh, toy shop kind of feel to it. It's got magic and all that. Annie, okay, the Santa Claus. Now we're moving, you know, into uh, maybe 15 years ago or whatever. The Santa Claus jingle all the way with Arnold, right, and Sinbad. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yeah, okay. Home Alone, which is, you know, constantly comes back, right? And not to leave out good old Tim, Nightmare Before Christmas. So that's a list of the holiday, Christmas holiday film titles that I hear almost every year. You know, certainly the newer ones for fewer years than like A Wonderful Life. And uh, because now holiday, and that's because some people grumbled about this, others are, are taking it all in stride and happy about it. Because this time of year is no longer and never was really just Christmas, because it was always Hanukkah around the same time. But now we've also added Kwanzaa. So I always say to people now, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, because I think that just covers it all, right? But I'm going to mention three of the others. So here for Hanukkah, there is um, Eight Crazy Nights, the Adam Sandler animated piece. All I Want is Christmas which is sort of a take on the parent trap where two kids, in this case two boys, switch places with each other on a trip to visit relatives. And one boy is Jewish and one is, you know, I think I'm Christian if you want to look at it that way. But one boy celebrates Christmas as going to a Christmas town, and I think Wisconsin or something like that, or in Washington, uh, the state of Washington. The other one is going to Florida to visit his grandparents, right? And they switch tickets so that this Jewish boy can experience Christmas and the other boy can experience uh, another uh, kind of a holiday time. And that is a story, a family story and all that. Then we have the Hebrew Hammer. Superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which is literally a story about a, um, a, a gentleman who, in, in order to protect Hanukkah and, and the rest of the holidays around this time, goes up against this evil force, and he is considered the Hebrew hammer. I think that's a very eclectic list for Hanukkah. And then for Kwanzaa, uh, trying to be equally eclectic, we have a, rug a Rugrats Kwanzaa, right? We have the Proud Family's Seven Days of Kwanzaa. That's a Disney animated show based on the Proud Family uh, series that they had. And I have The Black Candle, which is actually... Uh, a documentary-style film about Kwanzaa and uh, African and African-American roots around the holidays, and it's very well-received. And if I remember right, Maya Angelou narrates that live-action uh, semi-documentary film. So those are holiday films that I'm aware of that have circulated throughout the years um, for all of us to appreciate, or hopefully for some of you to discover. I've got a couple. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I might do a take. It's not a reboot so much uh, as a riff on It's a Wonderful Life. And it would be It's a Wonderful Wife. Ah. And instead of... Uh, the goddess? Well, you know, God bless her. Yeah, it's all about her. <laughs> She's going to fire me. Um, instead of... Uh, what's, what was the start, the, the protagonist of It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, his... Potter, uh, Potter, Mr. Potter. The guy who owned half the town. No, no, no. The, 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 um... Oh, oh, the Jimmy Stewart character. Yeah, the Jimmy Bailey. Stewart. Bailey. Bailey. So, so um, instead of him, I mean, this uh, really, if you look at it once a wonderful life, it's a suicide story. Um, well, uh, at some point, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, right? So instead of him killing himself, uh, there's, there's a theme. You'll see this theme develop in the, my, all my holiday specials. There's a, a company that is trying to uh, replace um, troublesome wives with a wonderful wife. Oh, and, oh, uh, oh. Yeah. And um, well, the, the wives ex- uh, uh, escape and force people to see that the real joy of life is the, is the roller coaster, is the ups and downs, is right. working out. The differences and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I would do with that. So a little more Stepford Wife kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. with a holiday feel. Right. <laughs> Mary Stepford, lovely girl, right. Um, Santa Claus Incorporated. Corporation has bought out uh, uh, the North Pole and fired Santa. Okay. And he's now, you know, a homeless guy okay. and, and missing and the group of kids have to go and find him and help him, you know, with other magical creatures or whatever. You can go as far as you want to mount a defense to, <laughs> to, to, get, to save Christmas from Santa Claus Incorporated. Oh, oh is he down? <laughs> I mean, that's Santa a theme Claus. as old as time, the commercialization of Christmas, right? Um, I have one for Hanukkah. And again, the theme continues. You'll see the theme again. Okay. This would be called the Hanukkah, and that is H-A-N-U. Instead of K-K-A-H, it would be C-O-N, and it would be a, a corporation that has created, like, uh, at the um, Javits Center, a big con uh, celebrating different things and trying to uh, uh, promote and commercialize this very sacred and, and family uh, oriented um, uh, holiday, you know, mm-hmm. so then it would be, uh, I'd have, we'd have to go and see whether this is an hour special or whatever, but um, the beliefs and the, the spirit of the day has to win out over the attempted corporation or uh, uh, marketing. You know, we think we can make a much bigger dividend from this. <laughs> kind of stuff. And the last one for Kwanzaa, at the risk of venturing into the Star Wars uh, Christmas show, you know, and and that dangerous area, right? Uh, this would be the Wakanda Kwanzaa Holiday Adventure. Wakanda, it would be all ages. I'm saying that six times fast. That's right. And um, there would be uh, again nosy media. Demanding an explanation of why or why not why uh, uh, Wakanda doesn't celebrate Kwanzaa, and um, there would be an explanation or, or, or an exploration 
of spiritual beliefs of the holidays, you know, and, and beliefs of uh, Wakanda. And you can name, you can call them what you want, but it's the intent that is important and that kind of thing. That's, I mean, off the top of my head, I try to get one for each of the holidays you mentioned. Thank <laughs> God you didn't say anything about New Year's because my brain is about to blow up. Okay. French fries. Okay. French fries. So what would you do with all of these? Well, you know, it's funny because here we any are, of these. We're, we're almost at the, at the end of our hour here, and, and I, I, I have what I would call the wrap-up effect here. Uh, for one, for one, uh, what the hell were we doing for this entire show? See, I cursed there, too. Well, you know, the, what was the, and, and what the point is, again, and this is something I know both Chris and I share with our students in schools as well as our adult uh, you know, students who are asking us for advice in terms of writing, is how flexible is your brain and what your life experiences are always affects what kind of stories you come up with, what kind of stories you explore, what kind of themes appeal to you. And sometimes playing that game of what if or how would this go or what do I feel or what's needed now will take a Chris Ryan, this notable individual that he is, from an Agnes Ferguson, little Agnes Margaret. Ferguson. Margaret, Agnes, okay, Margaret, Agnes Ferguson, with a microscope, I'm sorry, with a, with a, a magnifying glass, looking for clues in her, in her small school, to, to Genius High, with experimentations on high school students in sci-fi, to City of Woe, to detectives and what he's done with, to male detectives who now in rewrites he may one day change altogether. Um, it's about... Life experience is about looking at characters, about looking at stories, about looking at influences and looking at themes that you want to explore. And for me, yeah, uh, I love pulp and I love science fiction and I love detective stories. And I'm also an African-American and I'm also the age that I am. And I am not of a particular faith. Hundreds of years old. Yeah, I, I love you too. I do feel, you know, that I have some sort of spiritual beliefs. And so... All of that filters through us in terms of what we do. And as writers, you need to look at the material around you as well as within you to then discern or to decide what it is you're writing about. What are you trying to say? And you can take familiar themes. You can take uh, stories that have already been done and certainly reboots of movies and things we see all the time. What do you bring to the table to make it fresh? What, or what do you try to say with the same theme, but through your own voice this time? And that's what we've been experimenting with mainly here while having fun. So to answer your question as we round this off and wrap this up, um, I personally am aware of for the past 10 years or more, the waning of joy and true celebration and true happiness and true fun in this holiday period. I've watched stores start to pull down Thanksgiving stuff before we the turkey. I've watched people, you know, start talking about New Year's on December 22nd. I know a number of non-Jewish uh, 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 people who ignore Hanukkah altogether and ignore Kwanzaa altogether, and blacks who feel what we feel about certain holidays and all that, people getting more into reasons why not to celebrate anything. 
as opposed to reasons why we might want to celebrate together. What do we have to be thankful for? What do we have to, to, to be, feel blessed about? What does joy and warmth and love and magic really feel like? And why is it especially important to children at this time rather than what you bought them or what toy, what expensive toys you bought? So I would threaten uh, with a film that challenged, okay, let's, some, let's absolutely just blank it out. Let's just wipe out this holiday season altogether. December is just another month. It's, it's normal and average and just as impersonal and different as possibly February or March. <gasps> there you go. All right. There's nothing about it in either faith. And everybody is at that flat line. And they feel it. And the kids in particular feel it. Somehow, there's no joy. There's, there's nothing to look forward to. There's, there's nothing that makes them feel like everything is possible. And it's about, and I would, I would put magic in there. I, I just have to do that. Uh, I would put some sort of magical element in there that challenges, okay, this is what you say you wanted. It's almost like a wonderful life. Really, you want to know what it'd be like if you were never born? Well, okay, here's what it would be like if these holidays didn't exist anymore. Right, right. If there, was no, if there was no spirituality, if there was no religion, if there was no observance of families getting together, all that got sucked right out of existence. Here's what you Copyright. got. Copyright. Let's Simmons, 2020. Let's just flatline that, right? And then deal with the emptiness and the fact that you haven't won anything there. You've actually lessened the joys of our lives. And have that then spin around to where we come back to a place of where each group can continue to have their own individual because there's some significance in why Kwanzaa came out of the, this culture and Hanukkah came out of that one and, and Christmas came out of the third. But let's remember what it's theoretically these messages are really about. And in each one of them, there is a gathering of family and, and loved ones. There is a giving of something. There is a celebration and there is a cherishing of spirit and lives and, and the joy that is there. And maybe we can go that one extra step and share it together. That's where I would go with that. That's beautiful. And it allows for characters that represent the different faiths that are missing those holidays. Mm -hmm. so really have uh, that, that's really cool. And once again, you know, uh, man, twenty twenty has taught us this lesson, like like Wiley e. Coyote getting hit with an anvil. Right? Oh, yeah. We are more alike than we are different. Yeah. And we really need to start recognizing that and living that way and pulling all in the same direction if we want to survive. Yeah. And, you know, and God blesses everyone, right? That's, <laughs> you, that's, tiny Tim. that's really got, where we're supposed say, to go. That, you know, A Christmas Carol has been done in so many different variations and forms and mediums. And I still find it every year, the old codger here, uh, still becomes a big kid with one particular incarnation of that storyline. And that's the one that was done a year before I was born, 
actually. Yes, folks, find out when. Here's the actor's name who plays Scrooge. Alistair Sims. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not related to me. That's Simmons, right? Okay. But you find out when that movie was made, you'll know the year before I was born. Yeah. And you uh, you love that one. And what, yep. do you watch it every year? Yep, every year. Yeah. Every year. I watch, and I try... Uh, I try others, you know. I I like the I like the Scrooge with with the with the Muppets. That's right. fun. That's fun. That's fun. Yep. Yeah. But I'm um, sorry. I watch this one, and it's like and and by the way, for anybody who's uh, an old TV series, British TV series Avenger fan, here's another cameo. Right. Morley in the one that I'm talking about, um, Bob Morley, the yeah. character Bob Morley is played by Patrick McNee who played John Steed in the British TV series, The Avengers, from the 1960s. That's fun. That's really yep. cool. Uh, for me and the goddess, it is the George C. Scott version. Oh! And the Bill Murray version. We'll watch both of those uh, sometime in the coming weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I hope that people had some fun with the uh, rebooting and the what if. And, you know, it's an exercise that you can... You can do alone. You can do around the table during the holidays. Yep. You can just have some fun. And it's a great exercise to keep your mind flexible and open to the possibilities. And make notes. You know, put them aside. And make the notes and put them aside. They may stimulate another thought days later, months later. And I just thought of one more story I should add. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't have it Here in my it comes. It's Here a comes. bonus because it's the holiday. We're, it's the season of giving. Here's a bonus for you. Yeah. Hats off to an old animated TV series I think used to be on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. I think it was Nickelodeon called Hey Arnold. Sure. Right. Okay. Like a football. Right. Well, yeah. Hey Arnold had a Christmas special episode that was a tearjerker towards the end. It's a great story. It's a it's a play on the gift of the Magi. Sure. And I think that it, unfortunately, no, I think you can't find it uh, other than YouTube. YouTube's version is a little messed up. But if you can <laughs> find it, Hey Arnold Christmas Special, that's a great one to watch. And it's a, a great personal human lesson in that short little film, too. So there you hey go. Hey Arnold, uh, right into my heart, because uh, that was what uh, the family watched when the kids were little. We'd watch Hey Arnold from 7 to 7.30, I think. Yep. And then the kids would go to bed. And uh, they would be dressed in. We'd have to wash the uh, pajamas and put them back ready because they would wear, uh, Sean would wear Superman pajamas. And Tyler would wear Robin pajamas. They were actually Halloween costumes that were pajama fabric. (laughs) And I would have to fly Sean into his bed and then come back and, and... Tyler would swing like Robin into his bed after Hey Arnold. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. That's so cool. Good memories. Okay, everybody. Chris, as always, an absolute joy and pleasure. Yes, I'm right back at you, my brother. Thank you, Captain. I hope this was fun for everybody, you know. Yeah, I hope you got a little something out of it. There you go. We had a great time. Yes, we did. (laughs) You can take that to the bank. Okay. Take care, Chris. Take care, everybody. Peace, everybody.